What's up, YouTube? Welcome back to another episode of Intense Title, Chill Dude. Watchman, my name is Michael, and today we are looking at the Tudor Ranger and why it sucks. It doesn't actually suck, I will say that. In some pictures, I think it looks really nice. In other pictures, I think it looks horrible. But we'll be, of course, comparing it to the Rolex Explorer 36, specifically. We'll talk about the 39 for a little bit, but the 36 for a very specific reason. And we'll finish this video with me telling you a quick story about how I bought a Rolex Explorer for a specific reason, and then I took it to Canada for two days, and I broke it, and how that really ruined the magic of the Rolex Explorer for me, and now I don't know what to do. The topic at hand, obviously, is this lambasted watch. Let me just check to make sure I know what lambasted means. Criticize, yes, okay, this is a very harshly criticized watch. Always check the definitions of words you use after you use them. This is a very harshly criticized watch, and I can see why. And I should preface this by saying we as watch nerds are not the general population. We're actually the worst watch buyers ever because most people think, I want a nice watch. My budget is, well, this watch goes for $3,050. So my budget is $3,051. What do you have to offer me? And Tudor will say, uh, we have the Tudor Ranger. This, uh, this, we, the original version of this watch went on a trip to negative 87 degrees Fahrenheit with some of the fiercest men you know. And an accountant is going to be like, that's, yeah, that's what I see myself as. They'll buy it, leave, they'll wear it for the rest of their life. Bing, bang, boom. Watch nerds, on the other hand, uh, were horrible. We're like, this is, the proportions aren't good, and I understand the historical references, but all in all, this watch is garbage. And we post everywhere, and when people are watching videos of their newfound watch online, they see all the comments suggesting to get Zins and Oruses and all these other watches, and we're not liked. I guarantee that people don't like the fact that the title of this video is Tudor Sucks or something like that, which also isn't true. I think the Black Bay 58 is a fantastic watch. I don't particularly want one. I think it's a very cool watch and it's a great designed watch, but it doesn't really appeal to me. But then on the other hand, Tudor also makes the Tudor Black Bay 36, which is gorgeous and rivals the Rolex Explorer for me by a lot. Even price, not even thinking of price, when I look at the Black Bay 36 and I look at the Tudor Explorer, I mean the Rolex Explorer 1, I'm going to do that a lot. So just be ready for that. I have a tough time deciding. I think Rolex probably wins for me because the case, there's a little bit more like curvature. It looks a little bit more precise or beautiful or curvy. I don't know. It's a little bit more attractive for, to me. But then I look at the Tudor. I'm like, maybe not. Maybe she, this one's hot and the other one's ugly. I don't know. It's hard to pick between two women. I mean, watches. And Taylor, I love you. There's no one else in my life. Let's talk about why the Tudor Ranger is called ugly by so many people. And in some pictures, I agree. In some pictures, I don't. But the first things first is, if we're looking, we're going to be looking at the Rolex Explorer, and this specific one, we'll be looking at the 114270. This one is available in the TNH Watch Shop, by the way. If you are looking for Rolexes, Omegas, Cartiers, anything like that, I highly suggest you check out the Theo and Harris Watch Shop. And if you're looking for an Explorer 1, an Explorer 2, a GMT, and you don't see one on the Theo and Harris Watch Shop, Email info at theoandharris.com because Christian, nine times out of ten, will be able to scrounge one up for you. And if you're not interested in any of that, 
you can check out the watch strap shop as well. We're looking at this 114270, which is also the watch that I broke. Not this one, mine's at home, dead. And of course, we'll be looking at the Black Bay 36, the Black Bay 39, and then the Ranger. So, looking at the Ranger, the first thing that sticks out immediately is that the entire, every piece of metal on this watch is brushed. And right away, that kind of cheapens the look of this watch because it makes it more like utilitarian looking, more tool watch. It hides scratches a little bit easier, debatably. But what it also does is it doesn't really play with light in any varied ways. Just it does it with one way on your wrist. Everything's brushed. Everything looks like it's the same metal tone. So it looks very uniform. Obviously, the Black Bay and the Explorer, I don't have to tell you too much about it. The bezel is polished. There's polishing on the sides. It is a much more dynamic look, so when you're looking at your watch in the light and you're moving it around, different things are reflecting everywhere. The hands also have this, they look matte for some reason. Oh, most hands are matte, but this, oh, they look matte because they are matte. This is what I'm saying. The sides of them are matte because they are brushed. And then the loom is this like kind of yucky green color which again isn't very liked. I feel like they should have gone with white here. And then finally, the dial is also matte. So all in all, there is no real area where the watch plays with the light. When I was driving through Canada with my Rolex Explorer on, I was looking at the watch from a different angle than I normally look at and just watching the light play up, which again, I wasn't watching the road, but I was watching the light play off the hands and I was like, wow, this is, this be this is beautiful. And you know, sunny days wouldn't be so special if it weren't for rain. I forget the rest. Um, something wouldn't be so if it weren't for pain. It's 50 Cent is the version I'm singing. But the brushed adds a lot of highlight to the high polish. If this watch was also completely high polished, it still wouldn't look that cool. But the contrast between the two enhances both, and the Ranger doesn't do that. That's point one. Now, the biggest point, which... I get it that Tudor is trying to be faithful to the original Har to the original Harris. That was a weird thing to say. I miss Christian. Oh, where's Christian? Christian, this is actually very serious. Christian, um, I don't like to joke about things like this, but Christian is on vacation for two weeks in Italy. This is his second or third or fourth vacation in two months. And normally, like I said, I would joke about that, but this this vacation seems to be really serious. It's um, he's going to relax, he doesn't want to work, he wants to, you know, be himself, find himself, because he didn't do that the other three times. Just kidding, Christian, have fun in Italy, thanks for leaving me here. The best part about this is, Christian's gonna get back from Italy, he's gonna be tanner than you could ever imagine, and he's gonna walk into the studio five minutes before we film with the script I wrote and say, oh, dude, oh, and he'll be on the phone with someone else, so he'll be like, dude, believe me, I am so glad to be back. Yep, go ahead. But that's how cookie crumbles. Just kidding, of course, everything is equal because I actually, last week when I was in Canada, I took a half day on Thursday, so we balance each other out. The next thing, this is, I understand that Tudor is probably trying to be, well, definitely trying to be, this is a heritage watch, but they're definitely trying to not tick any watch nerds off and be faithful to the original. But I feel like maybe, for the most part, watch nerds would have forgiven Tudor for not being totally... 100% accurate to the original if they prioritized a better looking watch. So we'll get into that now. Before we even get into that, the tough part for Tudor is that they are a sister company to Rolex and Rolex can obviously do whatever they want. They're the big dog. They also have a plethora of infamous watch models that everybody loves and everybody wants and everybody aspires to own and they're super expensive and pretty. And then I feel like Rolex turns to Tudor and they're like, 
okay, do that, do what we do for cheaper and be more available to the masses and reference our designs, but don't take the good parts because then you'll take away from us and you'll also be copying us, but they have to be uniquely yours, but they can't be so unique that they're far away from our DNA because we're the next thing that people want after they get a tutor. Do you understand? And tutors there like, uh-huh, yeah. So originally, when Tutor first came about, Rolex was just chucking their cases at them and basically their dials and basically their hands, except the movement. Everything else was Rolex, so it was very easy for Tudor to come out with beautiful models because instead of making an OP, they made the Tudor Oyster Prince instead of making, or maybe that's the Datejust. But basically, they had their own versions of Rolexes with the same case, the same bracelet, everything, except a different movement inside. Now, Tudor's making their own movements and their beautiful movements to boot, but they can't take Rolex's case designs and dial designs and hand designs. So they basically have to pick the second best, in a way, maybe third best, if we're looking at the Ranger, but that's a tough spot to be in. I totally understand that. What I don't understand is why this watch is so ugly. I feel like there's a lot of cool things that we could have done here, and we're now we're into the dial, and let's talk about why. So this video is also a podcast. If you can't see the Tudor Ranger dial, this is what it looks like. There is a 12, two indices, a three, two indices, a six, two indices, a nine, two indices. Then we get back to the 12, as I'm sure you're aware. And then the rest of the watch is basically empty. There's just a ton of space. And part of that is because this is a 39 millimeter case size. And if we look at the Rolex Explorer in a 39 millimeter case size, you'll see that it also doesn't look totally right. But Rolex still kind of pulled it off. I think it looks worse than the 36, but Rolex still gave it a fair shot and a lot of people liked it. The Ranger didn't really take any of the details from that and try and balance their watch better. So if we look at the Rolex Explorer 39 versus the Rolex Explorer 36, you'll see what happened is the 36 looks like this. The top line says Rolex Explorer, second line says Oyster Perpetual, third line says Explorer. Oh, the top line doesn't say Rolex Explorer, it just says Rolex. Then we go to the bottom half of the dial and that says Superlative Chronometer Officially Certified. Very well balanced, that's great. We'll look at text first. We go to the 39, and this is where Rolex has to change things to make everything look a little bit more balanced. The top part says Rolex, the second line says Oyster Perpetual, done. We go to the bottom, now we have the Explorer text there, then we have Superlative Chronometer, and then we have Officially Certified. So obviously that's done very intentionally to make the watch look more balanced, to make the dial look like it fits and flows a little bit better. And then of course, Rolex also beefed up the outer bezel a little bit more. I think the outer bezel is the weakest part of the 39 millimeter Rolex. I think that looks poo-poo caca, not good at all. It To me, it looks like the Rolex Explorer 39 and a lot of these super cases that they do look like fake Rolexes because they had to change the shape of the watch by changing the case size to try and appeal to people that like bigger watches. But then the design for me just kind of doesn't translate that well. It's still there, but it looked like it gained a little weight. So that's how Rolex handled a 39 millimeter watch, and Tudor did that on the Black Bay 39. It only comes in steel and gold, but still, you'll see instead of the 12, 3, 6, and 9, they did basically indices, rectangular indices that jut out and feel closer to the middle of the dial, to the center of the dial, and it takes away some of that negative space. And instead of a 12 up at top, they basically took a playbook from Rolex and they have an isosceles triangle that again, stabs into or closer to 
the center of the dial. Then we have Tudor text at the top, chronometer officially certified at the bottom. Now, this is where we start to get into, we won't even get to the hands, that'll be the grand finale, but this is where we get into weird things. We have the 12, 3, 6, and 9. I think Tudor could have expanded or basically scaled up the, at least the 3, 6, and 9, probably the 12, 2, a little bit. And what that would do would push the Tudor Geneve logo section down a little bit, which would even out the dial a little bit. And also, the little negative space on the right side of the 9 and the left side of the 3 is the biggest opening in the watch on the Explorers, not on the Tudor. There's one more thing we'll get to in a second. But by scaling that up, obviously you would have removed some of that negative space, which would have been phenomenal. And then we get to the bottom. This is a Cosk certified watch. This is a self-winding watch. This is not an Oyster Perpetual. Well, technically, obviously, it's technically an Oyster Perpetual. That's just Rolex's marketing terms. But it's a self-winding watch. It's all these things. And Tudor says none of it. Tudor says Ranger, which gives us absolutely nothing to work with and leaves a giant spot of negative space, which I feel like is this watch's biggest flaw. So obviously the Explorer in 36, superlative chronometer, new line, officially certified. 39, Explorer, superlative chronometer, officially certified. That's fantastic. And then we look at the Black Bay 36 and it says rotor. And then in a little curved text, it says self-winding. Also fantastic. The Black Bay 36 is obviously not chronometer certified, but they made up for that design, like, missing area by putting self-winding with that curved font. Back to the Tudor Ranger, it just says Ranger. This is, I know Tudor got bashed a lot for having too much text, especially on the Pelagos, but here, I feel like they should add more text. At the very least, that curved self-winding or chronometer certified, or how, however they can say it that it doesn't reference Rolexes too closely, I feel like that would have been night and day for this watch. And 39 millimeters would have worked perfectly, but we end up having so much negative space that it looks like a toy watch, like a much cheaper watch. And there are much cheaper watches that look a lot better than this. And in some pictures, I really like it, but I know for a fact, I would like it a lot more with two extra lines of text or one extra line of text. Maybe Ranger is a little bit bigger and below that it says chronometer certified or it says self-winding or something like that. But for right now, just like the actual polishing done on this watch where it's all brushed, there's nothing for your eye when you're looking at the dial to dance around to and to read and to like basically navigate you through and around that negative space. It just looks blank and like they forgot to add more details. So that is why I think the Tudor Ranger, the 2022 Greenland edition doesn't work. I, I, that's for me what is missing. If they wanted this to work and they didn't want to add any of that text, which I still think they should have, scaling this down to 36 millimeters, I think would have been a home run. Some people don't like all that text, so a lot of people would have been satisfied, but I think the brushing combined with the lack of utilization of the dial really kind of closed the books on the Tudor Ranger. That being said though, I'm sure the watch is still going to sell like absolute hotcakes and people are gonna love it and maybe people will like it even more. But it just, to me, it's not that appealing. A lot of people also didn't like the hands. It has got the horrible nickname of butt plug hands as opposed to snowflake hands, which again is not a hit to have the hands of your watch be called butt plug hands when the Rolex Explorer hands are called Mercedes hands and the Black Bay 36 hands are called snowflake hands. Can you guess which one got bullied in school? That, I don't really mind the hands, if I'm being honest. I wish those were at least high polished because then I feel like they would have been appreciated a little bit more. The loom didn't have this green tint to it. That would have been a hit, but all in all, 
That's the Ranger. I have a different YouTube channel. I hope you know about it. It is called The Iron Snail, where I review denim, and I just made the first piece of clothing in my line, because I'm starting a clothing line as well, and that's a denim jacket. So I had this big old road trip. I went to Canada, and I needed to fill up my business credit card to max it out to get the, you know, the cash back, the first original cash back, which is like $1,000. So I was like, perfect. What I'll do is I will buy a Rolex that is very equal and that sustains itself in value. Hopefully I'll get a good deal and I'll flip it immediately for the same price that I bought it for. Bing, bang, boom, in, out, all set and done. And that was the plan. And that plan was actually going to work out very well because I found a guy that was trying to get rid of his very quickly and he took a great price. So I was actually going to make money on the watch. And the watch that I got is beautiful. It was barely worn. It's keeping perfect time and the water seals are all perfect. So I thought, you know, maybe if something amazing happens, I won't sell the watch right away. It's an asset, so hopefully it'll go up a little bit more. I'll sell it when I'm sick of it. And if I have an incredible journey in Canada with this watch and it's amazing, maybe I won't sell it. I don't know. And then I got it and I was like, maybe I won't sell it. But so I drive to Canada and I go swimming in Canada, which we'll get into in a second. But I drive to Canada. I get there. The watch is keeping fantastic time. The bracelet is a little noisy, but nothing too bothersome. I'm wearing the watch all the time. I'm loving it. I'm admiring it. And then I go swimming. Well, first off, I very carefully poured water on the watch. One, I did a little drip and I was like, okay, things seem okay. It was also pressure tested. So I'm, I was still just overreacting. The watch, by the way, like I said, is a 114270 from 2009. So I expected it to be totally fine, but I was still paranoid. Got it pressure tested. It passed. Ran water on it. It passed. All good. I then would fill up my sink with water and stick my hand in it. All good. Then I got invited to go on a boat. And this is where the story takes a turn that you probably don't expect. But I go on the boat and I'm very excited. When I can stick my watch underwater in like a real body of water, it's a really good. So I am on the edge of this boat wearing my watch. No one says take your watch off because they probably all know it's good in the water. I jump in, I swim, I have a fantastic day. I look at my watch, it's ticking fine, keeping great time, everything's fine. Then all day, five or six hours, eight hours, whatever, I'm continuously looking at my watch, and I'm like, wow, it's so cool that I went swimming with my watch, and that's great news. No water got into the watch at all, don't worry. But I'm driving, I park, and I get out at a park, and when I take my wrist off of the wheel, I hear this like, gross sound of like screeching metal like swinging back and forth like the rotor is off the watch or something like that but i flick my wrist i can hear the rotor like spinning it doesn't sound good at all so to this day which this only happened like two days ago i haven't opened up the watch yet but basically the power reserve in the rolex in the explorer was ticking away and the big test was to see if when you know the 40 hour reserve ran out if the watch would continue to run and it didn't, it stopped running. So if I hand wind it, it works. Something is wrong with the rotor or it's not attached or something like that. I have to have it opened up and looked at by a watchmaker and then it will be months before I get it back. And now this one little thing I did to get like a thousand dollars back on my credit card, it backfired and that's life. So knowing that it is life, I probably won't lose money, especially because I got this for a great deal, but the repair will probably cost a thousand dollars, exactly how much I got back on the credit card or something like that. And my friends tried to cheer me up and they were like, well, maybe this is a good story and it's like a funny story. The first time you got your Explorer, you broke it. And I was like, See, that doesn't sound like a good story, but 
Either way, nothing really zaps the magic out of getting a Rolex Explorer and going on your first exploration and breaking the watch that was supposed to withstand everything. So I know it's kind of my fault. It's probably, you know, I was thinking maybe when I hit the water, when I jumped in, it was way too much shock and it broke the watch, which I didn't expect to happen. Maybe that was me being ignorant. The watch now has to go to the hospital. I hope it will be okay, but we will see. I will keep you updated. I will probably be selling the watch. It's a financially responsible thing to do, especially as Apple says they are slowing their spending in 2023 because we're in danger of a recession. So I probably need to get rid of the watch. But anyways, that's for a different video when we talk about Rolex prices. Once again, that's why I think the Tudor is stupid and not that good looking. Tudor, I love a lot of your watches, especially the Black Bay 36. And I can't wait to see what you do in the future. But I feel like you are not... Totally there yet with having beautiful, solid Tudor DNA designs, except the Black Bay 36. That I think is perfect. That being said, if you like Tudor, the Black Bay 58, the Ranger, anything, there is really not a better deal in watchmaking right now than that. Maybe there is in other price ranges, but the value you get with Tudor is insane. So I highly recommend you check them out. I like the brand a lot. I hope if the brand is watching, you don't hate me. But anyways, that's about it. I will see you all soon. Christian will be here too, I believe. So goodbye.